Hello and welcome to Little Things with Amber L.B. Swenson. Today's topic is called Arrogance, Stewardship, and My Place in the World. And I'll be explaining that in just a couple of seconds. But first, let me tell you a little bit about me. I have been writing and teaching Bible studies for the past 15 years. I've worked with women, youth, Sunday school. I've been blogging for Time of Grace since 2017. I've written two books for them. Really what you need to know is that I love the Lord and I love the Word of God. And I find that the deeper I go into the Word of God, the more astounded I am that He loves us and that He notices us and that He cares so deeply about our lives. And my role is really to get people into the Word and to show them how awesome it is and to really get them to a place that they want to know and love God more. That's kind of my mission in life in a nutshell. What you can expect in this episode is hopefully some clarity as to how you can steward the gifts that God has given you, the gifts, the talents, the abilities, without arrogance, and yet using them to the very best of your ability for God's glory. And I'm going to use scripture and quotes like I always do. So here we go. I want to let you know that, first of all, I have kind of struggled with this for a really long time. So um, I wanted to be a writer since I was in 10th grade, and I didn't really know how to do that. I went through several avenues. I went to journalism school first at Northwestern University, realized pretty early on that was not going to work for me. Took a year off in between high school and college, um, trying to just figure out where I was going to go, what I was going to do, went to a creative writing program. And um, when I went to a creative writing program at a secular school, clearly the object is to um, write things that will sell. And so they didn't really care so much about morality. In fact, usually the best stories from our creative writing classes um, threw morality out the window. So um, they really were more after the shock value Um, drawing the readers in, getting them hooked, um, those type of things, and not really a Christian perspective or how you can use this talent in God's kingdom at all. So I came back from college fairly confused. And it wasn't until 2004, um, which was eight years after college, that I started using my writing to write Bible studies. And then I started delving into how I could use the talents that I had in God's kingdom for his glory. As I started writing more, and then that turned into opportunities to speak more, I kind of um, was confused a lot of times because, especially when you speak for an audience, afterwards it's not uncommon for people, if they liked what you said, to come up and say, you know, something to the effect of, that was really, really great, or you have a gift for this, or... Um, that was unbelievable. And I never really knew how to take that. And, um, you know, I know that there's no place in God's kingdom for pride and for arrogance. And so I I really struggled with how to deal with that. I also struggled with um, just having sober judgment. People would say things to me like, um, 
you know, are you qualified to do this? Or um, do you feel that you're ready to speak at this leadership conference or whatever? And I just didn't know how to answer that. So once I was actually um, confronted and told that I should get rid of this false sense of humility or this modesty that I was um, (laughs) carrying, which was super confusing because it, it wasn't false at all. I never, ever knew how to take it when I was done um, speaking to a group because I was probably my worst critic. And so I also knew that only God can work in hearts. So anything that stuck, I knew was completely and totally his doing. And if I flubbed it up, I knew that was on me. If I wasn't prepared enough or if my message didn't reach the audience that it was intended to reach. And so, you know, people would ask me, my friends and my family back home would say, you know, how did it go? And I would always say, you know, I have no idea. Only God knows because only God can see inside the hearts of people. Well, what I've realized throughout the years is that um, a couple of different things, and we're going to chat about that. First of all, I've realized that it's okay to know that you are talented and gifted or um, that God has given you a certain ability. So where I used to be really afraid if someone would ask me if I could do something, and I would be afraid to actually say, yes, I can, I'm capable, um, totally prepared, I've done this before, um, now I, I don't struggle with that. And mostly that's because I've had years of experience both with writing and with speaking, and I've also done things in front of the camera. And so I no longer am afraid to admit that I have experience doing that and that I should be able to handle whatever it is they're going to give me just because I've, I've done it before, not because I'm extraordinary by any stretch of the imagination. And again, I, I know myself well enough to know that I can completely and totally wreck something. So just because I've done it before doesn't mean I'm not going to land flat on my face this time. In fact, that's oftentimes my prayer before I go to speak to a group or do something in front of the camera or whatever. I, I tell God, I know that if you don't help me, I will fall on my face here. So this is totally in your hands and for your glory. So um, one of the things that has really helped me in this area is I've been studying the book of Matthew, and in Matthew 25, there's a parable that Jesus told. It used to be called the parable of the talents, but now it's called the parable of the bags of gold. And it's about, um, Jesus said that the master was going away on a long journey, and he left his servants in charge of some money. So he gave one servant five bags of gold, another servant two bags of gold, and another servant one bag of gold. And the servant who he gave five bags of gold to went out and earned five more. And the servant who he gave two bags of gold to went out and earned two more bags of gold. And the servant who had one bag of gold went out and buried his bag of gold. And when the master returned to the two servants who had gone out and earned more, he commended them. 
and said, you know, well done. I gave you a little and you you did a lot with it. So have some more. But to the servant who buried the bag of gold, he said, you're a wicked, lazy servant, and I'm going to take away what you have, and I'm going to give it to the others. So clearly from that parable, God is telling us that he expects us to use whatever he has given us to the very best of our ability. And he's even showing us there that we shouldn't all aspire to to the same level of ability, to the same... um, to doing the same things at the same level. Some people God has made for um, nationwide ministries, and some people God has used um, in district ministries, you know, around a certain area of the Midwest or whatever. And for some people, he just expects you to do what you can inside your church. And, And that's good enough. He just wants you to perform to the ability and to the opportunities that he gives you. And um, that's been eye-opening for me because, again, I've learned to not be afraid of that and um, also to not feel bad about being presented with opportunities. Instead, I look at it as a wonderful way to use my talents. If God gives me that opportunity, I'm definitely going to take it and I'm going to use it and I'm going to do the very best that I can to um, use that opportunity to point people to God. In um, also when I was cha- studying Matthew, when I was studying Matthew chapter 10, there was a passage where Jesus is sending his disciples out, and he says in that um, passage that some people are going to accept the message that you um, tell them about me, and, and then you give them your peace. Let your peace rest on them. But some people will reject your message, and he says that it will be better for Sodom and Gomorrah on those on the day of judgment than it will be for these people who you talk, talk to because I'm actually here now. The Son of God is actually here on earth, and they should know by the miracles that you're telling them about and by the miracles that um, Jesus allowed his disciples to perform. When he sent them out, he told them to heal the sick and to drive out demons. And so people should have listened and should have turned. Sodom and Gomorrah didn't have that opportunity. And so when I was studying that, um, I realized, again, that um, in the commentary we were using, it was saying um, that there will be different levels of hell. And on the flip side of that, there will also be different levels of heaven. So Luke 12, 48 says, from everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. And as I was studying that, I just again realized that it is a matter of stewarding your talents and abilities. So God gave you this unique set of abilities, right? Ephesians 2.10, you are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for you to do. Every single person has been created with a unique set of abilities that they can use in the body of Christ, that they can use for kingdom work. And your abilities are not going to be the same abilities as I have. The deal is that we are supposed to use our abilities to the very best of our ability, to the extreme extent that we can, to bear the most fruit for the kingdom. 
And again, bearing the fruit is all in God's hands. That is not up to us. It's only the Holy Spirit who will work faith in people's hearts, who, um, you know, the message is the same message that the prophets of old used. And a lot of times they were rejected. And it wasn't because they weren't a good enough speaker or communicator. It was because the message fell on dead hearts. And so um, the end result and the fruit is, is not in my hands. All I have to do is be faithful to, to spread the word and to be um, honest and true to God's word whether I'm speaking or writing or teaching, and then I leave the rest in God's very capable hands. The results are up to him. So um, that has been a great relief to me over the last several months as I've realized this, and that um, I've had opportunities arise very suddenly. Just not long ago, within the last couple months, I was on a trip to Milwaukee, and I was going to do, I was speaking at an engagement, and then Um, As long as I was there, uh, someone asked me to do something else, and pretty soon someone else asked me to do something, to make some videos, and they weren't even videos that I was um, completely feeling prepared for in terms of I knew a little bit about one of the projects. I knew quite a bit about one of the projects, and I knew I was very qualified to speak on that. But another um, project was really an advertisement for something that I had been in the very, very back seat backstage with. And um, so I was asked to do a video for that. And, you know, my initial thought was, man, I am so not qualified to do this. And then I just realized, you know, I have done videos and I'm here now. It'll save uh, another person who knew far more about the event a trip down to Milwaukee and listen, um, God can use anyone. So I'm here. I've done videos. Let's go with it. I'll do the best I can. And if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, I tried my best. And um, that's kind of the way I'm approaching things now. So yesterday in church, um, in the middle of the second hymn, my pastor approached me and asked me to give me a speech after, after church. Um, a member of our congregation was leaving. It was their last summer, Sunday there. And so with absolutely zero preparation, I was told that I was going to be making a speech after church. And again, initially I thought, oh, this is, this is going to be really bad. But the truth is I've spoken in front of crowds. I knew this person and had worked with them in ministry for the last five to six years. And I also knew um, a lot about this person and how they felt about where they were going and what they were going to do. So it took me about three to five minutes to realize that I was the one who was already prepped to make this speech. And all I had to do was talk from my heart in front of these friends who were sitting in my congregation and um, that my pastor had actually done the right thing in asking me to do this. So it's a matter of not shying away from things anymore as if I'm not qualified to do them. These days, I'm trying to embrace any opportunity that I'm given, thank God for it, ask him for his help to do the very best that I can, and then um, and then I really need to stay humble and remember that this is God's kingdom that I'm working for. It has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with building my name. I'm going to come and go 
in um, however many years, God until God decides to take me home to heaven, I'm going to work on earth. And then I'm going to be gone and my name is going to disappear. I am a servant working in God's kingdom. Recently on Instagram, I saw a um, video by Lauren Daigle, the contemporary singer-songwriter. And she was saying, uh, it was a Q&A session before her concert, and she was saying that she understood that as soon as she loses humility, her ministry is over. Once it becomes all about you, you're done. And she said that as people clap for her songs when she finishes a song, she starts clapping with them because she just feels that what they're really doing is praising God. And so she uses that opportunity to just praise God right along with all those people and give the glory to him. And um, that's exactly how I want to be because I know too that the minute it becomes about me and the minute that I think that I'm something special, my ministry's over. God can't use proud people. You see that over and over and over in the Bible. Um, Saul, the first king of Israel, was a humble man, and he was being used by the Lord to do great things, to defeat people. And then he started doing things his own way. His pride got in the way. And even he went to, you know, create a statue in his honor. And you see little things in Scripture to show us that his heart became more about him and building his kingdom. That's the whole reason he wanted to kill David is because he wanted to build his own dynasty. He didn't want David to take over as the second king of Israel. He wanted his son Jonathan so his name could continue. And, you know, very early on, God said that he no longer had anything to do with Saul for that very reason, that um, Saul's heart wasn't with him. And so we know that uh, whatever we do, as long as we're using our abilities and our talents in God's kingdom for God's glory, we're doing the right thing. If it becomes about us, then you know what? You're done. It's game over. You're no longer useful in the kingdom because God doesn't share his glory with anyone else. I want to share a quote with you from J. Richard Clark that says, the best leader brings out the best in those he he has stewardship over. And I really think that is an important thing that I've been learning recently too is that those of us who are leaders in God's kingdom, really our main goal other than spreading the word and and teaching people is to raise up leaders to take our place. And we have to remember that um, this is a stewardship situation. God has made us leaders for a time to lead in his kingdom and to carry the word to the next generation. But we dare not neglect um, raising up the next generation of leaders. That is part of what we have to do because we're not going to be here forever. So it's our job to pass the torch and to train leaders to lead with integrity and to realize that that's a stewardship is a very important thing because, again, just like those bags of gold, we want to do the best with what we've been given. R.C. Sprawl said the worst sin against stewardship is to waste your life. And that reminded me of a quote that I have hanging on my bulletin board next to my computer. I subscribe to the Voice of the Martyrs newsletter and I try to read it every month or every other month when it comes. And one time I cut out a saying that a person who had been tortured and almost killed said, the quote was, it's better to lose your life than to waste it. 
And that's a huge reminder to me because in America, we have a million ways to waste our life. You know, we can sit in front of the TV for hours or sit on our phone and waste time. And um, we can lose out on all the opportunities to pray for our brothers and sisters around the world, to pray for kingdom work, to pray for our children, um, to pray for our hearts to be in the right place, and to pray that God would bless the efforts that we put out there. And, um, you know, really, we are wasting opportunities when we do that. And at the end of our life, you know, it's not going to matter how many episodes of a certain sitcom we watched. And it's certainly not going to matter how many hours that we spent on our phone. But the prayers, the prayers that we prayed and the people that we took the time to talk to and the time in God's word, getting to the bottom of God's heart and God's will, that is not wasted time. That is living life to the full and taking advantage of every opportunity to get closer to God so that we can be more effective in his kingdom. So I hope that clears some things up for you just about your talents that God has given you, the abilities that he has, the opportunities um, that you may experience and what you should do with those. You know, use them. (laughs) Every opportunity that you get, take it if you can and um, so that you can bear the most fruit for God's glory. This is little things because in God's kingdom, the little things are the big things. Please remember to like and share this message and subscribe to this podcast. And also remember that we really would love your prayers at Time of Grace and also your financial contributions.